Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. I've got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. This just feels weird, guys. I mean, tragedy strikes, and uh, this is not easy. But uh, the whole sporting world and everybody is coming together to remember one of the greatest of all time. He's sitting right up there. Kobe Bryant passes away along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, among seven p- several people killed in a helicopter crash on Sunday. Uh, it's just the, the whole thing is still unfathomable. You're sitting there talking about how LeBron just passed him for third on the NBA's all-time scoring list, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. So uh, the entire, not even just the sporting world, the entire world is coming together to remember one of the greatest people of all time, not just an NBA player, an athlete. Some, uh, some professional athletes work to ascend and become the greatest at their craft. Well, then there's some who are transcend and uh, exceed all those expectations, and that was Kobe Bryant. And here, a hero, an icon, a legend, we remember Kobe Bryant. Uh, he was actually... Uh, we heard the news on Sunday. He was on his way to a youth basketball game with his daughter, Gianna. According to the flight manifest, there were nine people above that helicopter that crashed about 40 minutes after takeoff. Uh, the crash comes a day after LeBron passes Kobe for third on t- all time on the scoring list. And a uh, little tribute, everybody in the NBA, every game in the NBA yesterday started with a 24-second shot clock violation in honor of Kobe Bryant. And if you didn't get a 24-second violation, they settled for an eight-second backcourt violation so uh the entire nba uh very emotional and feeling the impact of of this loss one of the greatest losses uh um, we've ever seen um so uh prayers and thoughts and condolences to anybody going through it to his family to his friends to everybody uh close with kobe and his family we send our deepest deepest thoughts and prayers and condolences um and let's get into some nba scores guys obviously it was tough for anybody anybody playing on an nba court uh even mike breen but the Knicks broadcast said he didn't just feel like broadcasting. It was just a dull and sad day across the league. But the games must go on, including the Hawks taking down the Wizards 152-133. to 133. And Trey Young, not easy for him, who was mentored by Kobe Bryant. He persevered and showed up 45 points, 14 assists, a double-double. And this is, where it, this is where it hits you, guys. This is where you know it's more than sports. He had 24 Shot attempts, and he shot 81% from the line, just like Kobe Bryant's 81 game. I think it was 14 years ago to this week when Kobe Bryant drops 81 points. Another crazy stat here, guys. He's the first player to have 45-point double-double with under 25 shot attempts versus the Wizards since Kobe Bryant in 2006. Unbelievable how these things really work uh, with that. And, And Trey even said this was for Kobe, and Kobe was with him during this game. Uh, and for the Wizards, Bradley Beal had a, a nice 40-point game, but it was just tough for anybody to play in these conditions, um, specifically the Nuggets and the Rockets, who were the first game on tap to hear about this, uh, this news. Uh, it was an hour before the game. News broke about Kobe, and half the players didn't even want to be there, but they persevered, and, and the show must go on. So the Nuggets take down the Rockets, 117-110. to uh, Nikola Jokic, 24 points. <laughs> you really can't make this stuff up, guys. Yeah, 24 numerology. points. The numerology is uncanny. 
12 rebounds, 11 assists, ninth dribble double of the season. You know, Fasano, there was a lot of that also when um, Tyler Skaggs passed away. Absolutely. You know, um, it, with, the with combined baseball, no hitter on the same amount of pitches. You know, it's 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 odd. Yeah, that that sometimes these things happen. It gives you uh, gives you cause for pause greater, to think about power, what's going man. on out there. That's Somebody, right. Somebody, uh, you know, they're always with you, and uh, right. it's it's everything works out like this. You know, it, it just shows that they're not alone and they're not going through this by themselves. Um, so it's just it's, it's the numerology is uncanny. Um, <laughs> sticking with this game, the Rockets, Russell Westbrook had 32 points in the loss. And uh, guys, one more game to get to. The Raptors take down the Spurs 110-106. to Both teams, once again, dribbling out 24-second shot clock violations. Uh, Pascal Siakam, a nice game for him, 35 points, 8 rebounds. Serge Ibaka, double-double of 12 points and 10 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan, feeling it in pregame. Uh, he was crying, obviously. A lot of people were being emotional. 14 points in the loss. Um, on a somewhat lighter note, I guess if anybody was watching, the AFC took down the NFC in the Pro Bowl, 38-33. to uh, This is the AFC's fourth consecutive victory in Orlando. So I guess the move was in favor of the AFC. However, I personally think they should bring it back to Hawaii. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Like players too. Players would love play to go back to Hawaii. Too. They're like, yo, we could get this little vacation for our family to Hawaii. Absolutely. Or- Orlando. Or, you know, go to Disney World, see Mickey with the kids, but, uh, you know, to each his own. Um, But numerous celebrations across the Pro Bowl were in honor of Kobe Bryant. Some of the NFC defensive players were doing step-back shots, and uh, everybody was throwing up the the, the 4-6, the 4-2. It was was great. It was unbelievable. So uh, it shows how great Kobe Bryant uh, was and and how, how many people he impacted across the world of sports and pop culture. Uh, really quickly, guys, Super Bowl line has not changed. Super Bowl 54, Chiefs taking on the 49ers. Chiefs are still one-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total is now 54-and-a-half. It's going to be Jimmy G taking on Pat Mahomes this Sunday. We're less than a week away, guys, for the Super Bowl. Time has come. Rest in peace, Kobe. Going to send it back to the crew on Make It Rain, helping you win some cash this Monday morning. The Sports Grid Network. Let it ride! Remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Final hour, make it rain on the grid, sportsgrid.com. On this uh, Monday, January the 27th, as uh, the countdown has begun to the big day, the big game. This Sunday, Super Bowl 54, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami as uh, both the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers have uh, shown up. Uh, they uh, they both uh, landed uh, yesterday and, of course, are getting ready to embark on uh, the craziness that is uh, media week leading up to the game. And uh, they will uh, they'll have plenty of opportunities, of course, to uh, hype up whatever it is in the world they're going to be uh, hyping up here. But uh, we'll also have an uh, opportunity to check out some of the practices and some of the breakdowns uh, for uh, for maybe some insights uh, from Andy Reid and, of course, uh, from Shanahan trying to figure out exactly how they're going to uh, attack uh, both these teams, how they're going to attack each other, certainly offensively and defensively. This is going to be one hell of a chess match. I can't wait to see how it goes as two of the better uh, offensive minds in the game will go at it. Uh, you got Spagnuolo on one side, experience, experience, experience as a uh, defensive uh, coordinator in big moments like this. While uh, Robert Slot, don't get me wrong, uh, great year, not nearly as experienced, but certainly uh, two defenses that the final, I would say, let's say six to eight weeks of the season have certainly 
um, turned it up uh, another level. So everything about this game is going to be fun, including trying to figure out what the markets are going to do, how it's going to work, Dane, prop bets, uh, you know, which way to go, how do I correlate these? Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy trying to figure out which side, you know, you lean one side one way, one day you you wake up and you're like, oh, man, but you know what? I forgot about this. It's uh, I think it's that close and it's that interesting of a game. And uh, it, it's been a while since I remember us having a game like this, because even last year, everyone's like Patriots are going to blow them out. <laughs> right. you know, like you ain't beating Belichick, but I, you know, this year it's. You wake up has every day, you got a different lean. Has a Super Bowl ever closed at Pickham? Not in the last 20 years. Right. Like, I, I, I have mean, no. what was it, one and a half New England last year? What's the shortest closing Super Bowl line ever? Because uh, I think we have a contender two. this year. Yeah, they were two. I, to me, it could very well go off as a Pickham, and it would not That's surprise me. Yeah, has it would it not surprise me. Like that? Yep. Close like yeah. a half point or something like that. It just speaks to everyone thinks it's, it's going to be a close one. It's tough, to say the least. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. All right, guys, welcome back in. As we get ready, the countdown Super Bowl Sunday just around the corner, and uh, it is going to be going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a lot of fun breaking it down all week for you guys as we uh, try and figure out, A, uh, who's going to win, B, how many points are going to score, and then C, how do we correlate all of those prop betting opportunities in order to be able to maximize profits in a game that – quite honestly, uh, might very well go off as a pick em, uh, because it is that close on a neutral field. Right. Uh, you know, either of these games in, in other places, especially if it was in Arrowhead, probably minus three Kansas City. If it's in Santa Clara, it's it's minus three San Francisco. And on a neutral field, it is probably feels like a pick em, But I don't think we've really seen the influx of uh, of money just yet. Uh, especially not the uh, the bigger, sharper bets, I think, which uh, we won't see until Saturday and Sunday, which is going to make it uh, very, very uh, interesting, uh, shall we see. And, and we've seen this before in past Super Bowls where the day of or, or even hours before, Dane, the, um, you know, two, three-point swings in a, uh, in a line is not that unheard of. The total yeah, to me Floyd is going to be Mayweather puts $10 million yeah. down an hour beforehand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now I don't know it to me. I'm more interested because in my mind, listen, this is, I don't care what the number it's a pick em game. So That's it's right. a money line play to me one way or the other. I don't even care unless it gets to, to three, which I doubt very much. It okay. will. Um, to me, this is a money line play on either side, depending on which way you're leaning. The total interests me as far as, we know the hype surrounding this, and this week when the narratives come out about the defense of San Francisco and uh, how good that 
you know, Spagnuolo and, and the Kansas City defense has been, I'm wondering if that will influence people enough because nobody talks about San Francisco's offense and the fact that from a number standpoint, more productive than what Kansas City is. But that's not the narrative we hear. We think of San Francisco. We think of defense. We don't think of offense. And that might be a mistake on some people's part because they average more points a game than Kansas City did this year. So it, it, which one cuts through all of the noise, I'm wondering, to be able to hit home to the to the public better? Which side are they going to go on? Are, do, are they going to think defense wins championships and I am backing San Francisco? Or are they thinking, you know, hey, offense is going to win. Nobody can stop Patrick Mahomes. Even though San Francisco, yeah, they average more points. They're actually better, more efficient on offense than what, San, than what uh, Kansas City is. Yeah, that's interesting, Joe. The funny part to me when I hear that is I can make the same inverse kind of argument, right? Like, oh, but people aren't talking about the San Francisco offense. Fair. But by the same token, I believe the Kansas City defense is better, you know, and not, it is not being talked about as well. So if you talk about it in that way, like, oh, people are short shrifting the Niners offense and maybe that means it should go over. I'll answer back. Maybe people are short shrifting the Kansas City defense who in the last month and a half of the season averaged giving up something like 10 points a game. And maybe that's a reason people aren't paying attention and the game should truly go under what I wonder about Joe is this idea of and we've seen it all the time Joe right first half unders in these kinds of games I wonder if there's going to be a feeling out process early in the game and so maybe it picks up and gets to the 54 the 55 total but I'd be wondering Joe I'd be very intrigued about this first half under we talk about the San Francisco defense and in both of the Chiefs playoff wins they started off slow if you Mm -hmm. remember right houston and tennessee got out to 17 24 point leads on them before they came barnstorming back so i'd be interested in our trend on the first half unders joe it's uh it's going to be also interesting to see um the in-game adjustments and what we see at halftime what we see in the first half compared to what we see in the second half. And it, and it's so funny because, you know, last year in people's minds, like we watched what happened in the first half and we all thought to ourselves, a lot of people are like, all right, second half's coming out. This is where McVay really gets to show his smarts, right? right? He's going to make the adjustments. Belichick outsmarted him in the first half because first halves are all about game planning, right? What, what did you do prior to the right. Super Bowl? All right, so Belichick out X and owed you in the first half. So what is this adjustment going to be like this this genius McVay? What is he going to change up in the second half? And what we learned was that he had no plan B and that that was he had no answer for what Belichick was uh, was doing. But at the same time, you know, Belichick figured out enough things that coaching staff figured out enough things to be able to get it done. I think this is going to be fascinating too. two guys that have shown the ability to kind of outfox their opponents. All right, so let's see what you got in the first half. That's going to be indicative of pre-planning. What yeah. the hell is going to happen in game, though, now? What kind of a deal? What's the plan B here for both of these guys? Andy Reid has done an amazing job of adjusting on the fly, being down double digits in two playoff games, yeah. getting a sense of what the other team did, and then countering it like countering it back in game, even before halftime. Very impressed with what Andy Reid has uh, shown his ability to be able to do 
in-game to be able to counteract whatever it is folks are doing to slow them down. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when we were talking last week, Joe, remember my key kind of like lean or takeaway or thing I will be looking for key to the game is what happens if this goes onto the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because when we talk about halftime adjustments, let's say, okay, do you have the left hand? Do you have something else to go to? If San Francisco does have to go to the passing game, if Shanahan does have to make offensive adjustments because Spagnolo and Reed are forcing them into it, do they have the ability to do so? I know Kansas City does. We've seen them get off the mat. My question is still around if San Francisco can. San Francisco yep. has never been really down big. Their losses all season, three points to... Russell in overtime, three points to Lamar in the rain. You know, I wonder if they get forced out of something, then can they adjust? That's the big question for me. Yep. It's, um, that is going to be, it's going to be a fantastic chess match. It really, yep. really is. What do they have that, uh, that we can, uh, that, you know, is going to stump the other coaching staff is right. going to be fascinating. And again, I think a lot of this is all going to come down to, how many times can the pressure that you get on Patrick Mahomes, if you give Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, all the time in the world, he's going to carve you up. And we know this, guys. It's not even up for debate. But it's funny. Uh, since last year, Patrick Mahomes has thrown 17 interceptions, right, over the last couple of years. 16 of those 17, right. Dane, have come when defenses rush no more than four people. So Sitting back it's funny that yeah, it just so happens that it's not the all-out blitz that screws up Patrick Mahomes. It's the rushing four getting pressure on him in that particular way, which tends to make him make a mistake. And yeah. I don't know if there's another team better in the NFL of that front four being able to get uh, block all the lanes and be able to put pressure on a quarterback than what San Francisco is. And I think that's going to be, it ain't going to be rushing. You know, it ain't going to be sending the house, but if they can get to him and disrupt, that seems to be where he's made the most mistakes in his career is when you get four on him and clog up the lanes, dropping the linebackers back. Yeah, that makes sense to me, Joe, because what do we know mm -hmm. on the flip side about Patty Mahomes, right? He makes incredible plays yep. outside of structure, right? And when he's rolling out, when he's forced out of the pocket, that's when the magic happens, right? That's, that's when the magic happens for these guys like an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. The stat you mentioned, 16 out of 17 picks when he was in the pocket. And mm -hmm. there were seven back in coverage. If yep. the front four can get to him and San Francisco has that capability with all those first round picks up on them front four, because what that allows them to do is still have seven back other teams that like to force the issue with Mahomes and send the house. He is able to scramble and then he's able to make these incredible MVP like plays from outside the pocket. It's almost yep. like you want to keep him there, cover and take your chances. Yeah, there's um, that's that's big, and nobody does it better than the 49ers. But yeah. there's one very key to that uh, 49er defense uh, that seems to make the most havoc always with him on the field. Actually, one offense and one defense. We'll talk about those two players and what they mean to the team coming up next year on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And so I want to invite you to find us on YouTube. Sports Grid Network is where you can go. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. You'll get all the sports wagering and fantasy advice you need in one place there on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Grid Network, not to mention on Instagram at Sports Grid TV is where you can find us. And if you're into becoming, I don't know, the next daily fantasy millionaire, certainly during the NBA season, now would be the time to do it and utilize DailyRoto.com. We want you to dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this year. You can compete with the pros using the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It has the most accurate projections available in NBA DFS+. Plus. You get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much, much more. Save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice using that promo code DUNK. That's DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK to learn more. DailyRoto.com forward slash DUNK. And remember that DailyRoto.com, that's where millionaires are made. And uh, a couple of key guys, uh, Dane, for this uh, upcoming game, uh, certainly on the San Francisco side. And it's interesting. Well, one on... One on uh, Kansas City side and one on uh, certainly one on uh, San Francisco side. And we'll start with George Kittle, who is while many of us know him to be one of those, uh, you know, a great. He leads all tight ends in missed tackles. Interesting enough, the guy is not as easy to take down. But even more importantly, it's amazing to me when he's on the field. The 49ers average almost six yards a carry with him on the field. When he's off the field on running plays, Dane, it goes down to half. It's about 3.3 yards. So he is actually one of, and much like we noticed this with Gronk too, right? Exactly. Later on in, in his career, the yep. the force that he was not only in the passing game, but of course, his it went very unsung. What he did to that line and helped in the running game was amazing. Absolutely. George Kittle is that guy, uh, and big time, because the numbers don't lie. So while he's great getting people to miss after he catches the ball, maybe his biggest impact at his game, Dane, is going to be uh, in the running game because they are twice as effective with him on the field running the ball than without him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was going to make that point in the comparison to Gronk as well, Joe. You know, people don't realize about how much of a a factor in the run game Gronk was for New England Mm -hmm. in terms of blocking. And Kittle is cut from that same mold. Remember in the middle of the season, Joe, when Kittle missed a few games and Kyle Juszczyk missed a few games and some of their offensive linemen were out as well. People were talking about the McGlinchies and the Staleys as the losses up front. But, you know, let's not forget about what Juszczyk, a pro bowler at the fullback position, and Kittle meant to that run game. This is a (sighs) – Joe, this team doesn't have Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, okay? This running game is because of scheme, uh, motion, 
movement and blocking from, you know, the tight end position, the fullback position. That's what this Scanahan scheme really is about. It was the same way in Atlanta that, uh, you know, it's very creative. And then that's why then, Joe, you have people running wide open like Kittle like Sanders, mm. like Debo, in the middle of the field because of how much the linebackers and safeties have to decode and respect the run game. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. The other guy that uh, the 49ers um, sorely missed throughout the season, and certainly Jimmy Garoppolo did, was having Joe Staley back in the lineup yeah. uh, on the offensive line because the numbers also, as far as pressure goes, were significantly higher without Staley on the line, and that's where a lot of the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo issues, uh, he's another guy. Get in his face, disrupt him in the back there, and and it's not great. And you've got now what? Let's talk Chris Jones, right, who's now going to be healthy, uh, who went in that game against Tennessee. So now he's in the middle. You got Frank Clark, and then you've got, you know, the the honey badger in the middle. And that combination and this group of defense, the last five, uh, the last five weeks of the season uh, had the third highest disruption rate of quarterbacks in the NFL. So it all started to change for them the minute they were able to to get that, get Clark going and Jones in the Mm -hmm. middle and kind of stop the run and get some pressure on quarterbacks. That honey badger in the middle, I'm telling you, man, look, look at his uh, INT props, guys. He is going to pull one out. I can promise you in this Super Bowl, I have no doubt, when you have Clark and Jones uh, stuffing things up in the middle there and Clark getting to Jimmy, um, there is going to be a throw. He is going to pick that off. Do not sleep, to your point, Dane, on the impact that those guys have on that defense with Spagnolo. They are going to bring it, and really it's going to come down to which offensive line, Joe Staley uh, or not, who is going to be able to limit the disruptions from the defensive front. But while the 49ers get all the hype guys and rightfully so. Yeah. The, uh, that defense, uh, that defensive front, namely those three guys there, that's going to be an issue for Joe Staley and company. Yep. I agree with you, Joe. And also, you know, the honey badger, Matthew may be the answer on, uh, who's on Kittle, you know, mm-hmm. who's watching that's Kittle. Correct. In coverage, you know, I mean, uh, late last week, Joe, we were talking about a similar idea of like, who has eyes on Travis Kelsey? And we mm-hmm. thought maybe in a break of tendency that Sherman could be equipped because his skill set isn't perfect or isn't a great match for a guy like Tyreek Hill to try to take him away. We know Sherman always stays on one side, broke that tendency in the NFC Championship game. We were trying to hypothesize if they did that again, could he be a guy on Travis Kelsey? In the same vein, the Honey Badger could draw the assignment of George Kittle, which we think is going to be very interesting. but. I think the comparisons to Gronk, as per these tight ends, are absolutely apt, Joe, not only in the blocking game, not only what they do, but also in their persona, right? In their personality, in their rah-rah, whatever team is down by 10 points in the second quarter, I guarantee you, it'll be one of these tight ends walking up and down the sidelines trying to get their guys back in the game, a la Gronk. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing, too. Ironic. What a great storyline this is going to be during the week, guys, that uh, D Ford, the former 
Kansas City Chief yeah. uh, last year, guys, who uh, is now, he made it to the Super Bowl, he made it with the 49ers, getting to take on his new team. But the numbers, they don't lie either. The guy most important, and I know a lot of focus is on uh, Bosa and Richard Sherman, but the numbers don't lie. When it comes to getting pressures on quarterback, guys, uh, the numbers are staggering with D. Ford on the field versus him not on the field. So uh, he is a huge, huge part of that defense being able to get to Patrick Mahomes. He is really kind of the key and the unsung hero there. When he hasn't been on the field, they have struggled the most to actually get to the quarterback with those four down linemen. When he's on that field, Dane, he is a game changer, and it's going to be so it's going to be so weird. I can't imagine it uh, all week long that the guy that was a huge part of that defense for Kansas right. City and part of that team, they didn't want to sign him. They didn't. They wanted to move on from him, and voila, look at where he ends up here. This is going to be an interesting battle. That offensive front versus D. Ford on San Francisco, I can't wait to see how they handle it. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? What D. Ford does is make it so that who are you going to double team, Yeah. right? <laughs> and then who are you going single, like – Fine, you're going to give D. Ford single coverage on one edge, or you're yep. going to give Boza single coverage on the other end. That's what these tandems are all about, right? Whether yep. it's Griffin and Hunter in Minnesota, whether it's the other Boza and Ingram for the Chargers, whether it's Chubb and Von Miller, right? You can't double them both. You can't chip them both. So you got to mm-hmm. be one-on-one on one of them. Uh, and it's not like the rest of that front for San Francisco. Solomon Thomas, you know, Armstead. Those are first-round picks as well. Um, D Ford came back, Joe, in the yep. NFC championship game. So did Quan Alexander. Okay. Also and he is a different kind of linebacker. You talk about D Ford getting the pass rush. Quan mm-hmm. Alexander coming from Tampa Bay is one of your sideline to sideline, uh, kind of stop the run guys with his speed. So that's going to be interesting as well. You know, uh, Kansas city, Andy Reed, they like to stretch you horizontally. As well, Tyreek Hill, end around, that kind of stuff. The pop passes. Quan Alexander is going to have a tough task, but we'll see if he's up for it going sideline to sideline. He's an important piece of that Niners defense as well. It's uh, absolutely. And that, and that's why the matchups here are going to be Andy Reid does such an amazing job. And that's what has made Kansas City so unique is his ability to scheme mismatches offensively right put the guys like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and and others in a position where it's a mismatch on the defensive line Sherman to me is going to be very important as far as where they use him and how they use him because he is certainly in the secondary uh he's a guy that can kind of neutralize whatever it is that you're planning on uh, on doing depending on where you put him he is still one of the best in the game But it's all about mismatches with Kansas City's offense, putting guys in a position to be able to take advantage. Who is that one guy that is going to be able? I mean, outside of Sherman, the question is, who is that who is that other guy that might be able to uh, create some mismatches on the defense for San Francisco? Is it D Ford? Is it Bosa? To your point, what? Okay, so let's say you make it a priority to stop Ford. What the hell are you going to do with everybody else? Um, it, it's a real chess match going into this game. And then the question is, which coach do you have the most confidence in not to blow it? Like who, who, because let's say we both have two guys who in the history of the NFL have a history of doing just that, Dane, um, Shanahan going too conservative with Atlanta blowing that 24 to three lead. And Andy Reid goes without question. So which one of these guys do you trust not to blow it? 
Both of them, Joe, honestly. You know, I mean, I know that that is the narrative. I know that that is the history. But I actually think both of them, with two weeks prep, with their schemes, you know, you talk about how it's mismatched so much mm -hmm. for what Andy Reid does, does. Kyle Shanahan does the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. I do think both of these guys are great offensive scheme minds. I know they have their kind of examples, 24-3, 28-3 with the Falcons, right. the Eagles never breaking through. But I'm not on that narrative. To me, that's like you say, Kirk Cousins can't win the big one, forget that narrative. I'm not on this one. I trust both of them. He likes both of them to get the job done. That means, uh-oh, got to come down to the players. Which player cuts through, makes the biggest impacts? We'll talk about that coming up next here on The Grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So it was a, uh, somebody made themselves a lot of money here this weekend. And it happened at the Senior Bowl. And, uh, boy, Justin Herbert lit him up. And at uh, what a performance That's my boy. Uh, that he was. And uh, velocity, accuracy, pinpoint, leadership, 9 of 12, 83 yards. This guy was, uh, he was very impressive uh, on the field there in that Senior Bowl game. And the rumors afterwards and, of course, the talk afterwards were, listen, even the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor, who actually coached Herbert's South squad there in that game, um, he could not have been more impressed with what he'd seen. This is, and everybody said it after the game, too, this is going to be somebody's first uh, first pick quarterback, first round. He is going to be somebody's, somebody's pick in the draft at the top for the quarterback position. Right. The only is who, but he has done – Everything and uh, not only all week, not only in the game did he deliver, but all week in practice. The rumor, uh, or the uh, shall I say, the chatter was definitely all about uh, about Herbert delivering. And you know, some people like eh, I don't know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, the scouts are apparently salivating at him. He didn't do, he didn't hurt himself at all uh, at this past weekend in that game. So it'll be interesting to see. Where he ends up with, because he's biggest, you know, don't forget a year ago before Joe Burrow showed up, That's you know, right. Joe Burrow touchdowns last year through 60 this year. So you take Burrow out of the equation. This guy, Justin Herbert, was all about the top pick in the draft. So one of either somebody's going to get a great bargain and be able to, to get Justin Herbert or none of it is going to matter anyway because neither of them are going to be ready for the NFL. But I got to tell you, he's doing and saying all the right things right now. A lot of teams very impressed. Maybe the biggest question, Margot, who's going to move up for Justin Herbert and not Tua? Yeah, listen, and you've heard me say it, Joe. I've said mm -hmm. on this show that I am Team Herbert even over Joe Burrow. Okay, Joe Burrow, listen, I'm not sure shifting the kid at all. But he sort of came out of nowhere this year, Joe, right? And so we've seen other one-year wonders, Mitch Trubisky, Blake Bortles, you know, and how that translate. This kid, Herbert, 
last year at this time with Kyla Murray was was being talked about um, as a top pick, but then he decided to go back to school. And a lot of people said he went back to school to play with his little brother, who was a blue chip tight end there for the Oregon Ducks this year. I agree, Joe. I think this kid has it in spades. I think he's got franchise quarterback written all over him. I, I've said I think he's going to have a better career than Tua and Burrow. Two teams to keep an eye on that are in the top 10, Joe, and I don't know if they're going to go up or if they're going to take the gamble and hope a kid like Herbert falls in their lap because I think Tua is destined for Miami at five. Um, yeah, I, you got the Chargers and the Panthers at six and seven, Joe. Okay? The Chargers... And the Panthers. So much buzz that Phillip Rivers is moving on, maybe to Tampa Bay or what have you. The Chargers now, you know, listen, Eli, the Giants addressed it. Big Ben, the Steelers, they addressed it. The Chargers never addressed the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers. They got a top 10 pick. I think they're going to do so. The other one that's interesting to me is the Carolina Panthers. You got Matt Rule in there, the the passing coordinator from LSU. You know what they want to do. You know they have young weapons left and right on that offense. They also know it ain't Kyle Allen. It ain't Will Greer. Right. Mm -hmm. So do they spend their top 10 pick on a kid like Justin Herbert or are they shopping at the high end side of the quarterback merry-go-round? Do they think an Andy Dalton, a Ryan Tannehill, a, a Teddy Bridgewater is for them? But the Chargers and the Panthers are two teams inside the top 10 that I think are going to play some of their cards as we go to draft season. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. What a forgotten name he was or how he was just really dismissed there because of the craziness surrounding LSU and Joe Burrow. But yeah. uh, the truth is, uh, long before Tua, uh, Justin Herbert was a guy. We remember how shocked we were that he was coming back for his senior back. year. He would have been a number one pick last year. And Absolutely. it's it's interesting because I do think there is, uh, and you're right, Chargers, uh, a la um, there's a few teams that if they really do like him, and here's what I do know, Dane, I think it's safe to say, whoever right. the team is that loves him the most, we probably won't hear about it. Uh, no, they, you course. know, it, it's the team that talks the most about him, which I think will be misdirection, which is right. going to be one of these teams up at the top. Yeah, there is, um, I'd be, to me, a guy that could go in and start next year right away, as opposed to Tua, who there's still a lot of question marks. Right. Uh, and who can't play, I, uh, it's it's going to be intriguing. But the kid didn't fall on his face, which is great. He actually delivered. And the other thing the Senior Bowl does is it gives these coaches and these scouts an opportunity to question these kids, you know, and, and before the combine and those types of things. Like, they get to meet with these kids one-on-one, -on -one, and there were a few that just stood out among all the rest as being, you know, this is where Red Flea, you can certainly – hurt your stock, not necessarily increase it, but you can certainly hurt right. it a lot more at the senior bowl. If you're, uh, you know, when Matt Patricia and company are asking you questions and they don't like the answers, uh, it's a pretty fickle process here. While the combine, you get to work on all of that. This really gave coaches and scouts the opportunities to kind of spend some time with these kids all week. And guys like Zach Taylor, the coach of Cincinnati, Nothing but glowing remarks about uh, about him. The kid Kelly, the running back out of UCLA, it rushed for 115, was trucking people, was absolutely trucking people. So all of a sudden, uh, names that you might not have been familiar with during the uh, during the college season, Dane, these are names certainly coming up at the combine. You're going to start to hear it's um, there's a lot of very unique 
position, skill position players, as well as the quarterbacks um, that everyone's going to be uh, talking about come combine time, which is, believe it or not, just a couple of months away. Yeah, and, and we're also going to start hearing about offensive linemen, Joe. Oh, in yeah. a way, like, I don't know all the best offensive linemen, right? But I'm starting to give, because as a Jets fan, <laughs> I, that's where I want them to go. And it yep. seems like there's three or four blue chippers that may wind up there for the Jets, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the other point you made about, like, the team that's going to do it is the team that we're not hearing about. Yep. We have to realize we have officially entered the time where you can't trust a damn thing any team says about their needs, about what they think, about their rating on people. Big boards are getting established, and I don't yep. trust the damn thing. All right. The last thing I'll nope. say, Joe, is we look at the top 10 now at who's there, but a team will trade up. Okay, Big think time. about it. That year, Goff and Wentz, Philly and the Rams traded up. Houston traded up to get Watson. Kansas City traded up to get Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? So all it takes is one team that's on this merry-go-round, right? Whether it's Tennessee, New England, the Chargers, Tampa, Indy, Vegas, whoever. And we've heard rumors about all these teams. All it takes is one for them to be like, oh, Herbert's our guy or Burrow's our guy, and they're going to go up and get them, all right? And remember, Vegas has the draft capital to do it with all the trades they've made recently. So that's a team I would be very interested to see. They have multiple first-round picks. They can go up as high as they want. I believe there's something like 14 and 22, something like that. That can get you into the top 10. Yep. A lot of edge rushers uh, in this trash, a couple of edge rushers, a couple of big running backs. There is it's interesting how it's spread out here. Some of the uh, the availability of some players. The bottom line is it's a great draft. If you are teams that have hit the reset button like the Miami uh, Dolphins, right, like Cincinnati, you can get yourself some quality players in this draft. some guys that can uh, that can kind of really reshape your roster this year. Last year was all about the edge rusher, right? Get go get yourself an edge rusher. It was Quinn and William was all defense this year. It's kind of spread out, man. There are uh, a lot of opportunities for teams to really bolster uh, certainly the skill position, the wide receivers alone that are going to be available in this draft, Dane, uh, some of them are going to be game changers in the right wide system. Receivers alone. Yeah. <laughs> the kid from yeah. Lamb, the kid from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, it's it is... two from Alabama, Ooh. T. Higgins out yep. there in Clemson. The running yep. back position is interesting also, Joe. I'm going to be the very interested. guys, too. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. here's the thing with the running back. Over the last 12 months, right, we've heard the devaluing of the running back position. Right? right. With Gordon and Zeke. But then at the same time, we talk about the value of the running game and the committee approach. We've got I've seen mock drafts, Joe, where J.K. Dobbins is like the first running back off the board, but at like 25. OK, you got a guy like Dobbins. You got a guy like Etienne in Clemson. You got a guy like Hilaire at LSU. You got the Wisconsin kid, Jonathan Taylor and others. You just mentioned the UCLA kid. I'm going to be very interested to see how the league treats the kind mm-hmm. of blue chip elite running back coming out yep. and where the pendulum goes, right, Joe? Because Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, top five picks. Mm-hmm. But then we hear that it's not worth it, you know? So what does that mean for these guys? Will teams realize that, eh, I can get re- good real quick with a top 10 running back and do they go that route? I'm going to be interested to see the value placed on the running back position because I'll tell you what, Etienne, Taylor, Hilaire, Dobbins, they can start in my backfield. 
Yep. P. Ryan. There's a, I mean, anybody yeah. that watched Derrick Henry, guys, uh, yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see which one. And don't forget, remember, the Raiders took a whole bunch of grief for going with another Alabama running back at that yeah. 24, 25, well, right? right. A thousand yards later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, you're right. There's a significant part in the kid from Florida, P. Ryan. There's a whole lot of these guys coming out that could very, very well. It's it's loaded the draft this year with guys like that, that these skill position guys, running back, wide receivers, a couple of tight ends that, you know, the, the defensive, you know, the edge rushers and the quarterbacks are going to get a lot of the hype. And of course, nobody's ever going to hear of offensive linemen. But, man, these skill guys, Dane, that you can really reshape an offense quickly with the right draft here. So last year it was trenches, right? Last year mm-hmm. it was linemen, yep. edge rushers. It was a trench draft, okay? Yep, that's right. This year it seems to be more of a shiny little toy draft. Yep, it's correct. Yep, and and guys that can change games and change yep. offenses, and especially if you're one of these teams that need to put weapons around some – Hello. Yeah, you've got yourself an opportunity here. I think it's going to be really good, especially, Dane, to me, it's all about who's willing to move up and do what. The quarterbacks right. change the whole game, guys. They change right. everything. The the pursuit for that one guy. And now that you got Herbert with a whole bunch of, I mean, let's say he continues to impress, right? He goes to the combine and presses. Do you, the hype around him is going to be the the jockeying for position yeah. is going to be crazy. And then you still got well, does Breeze come back? All right, is he ain't coming back. Uh, Tom Brady, where is he going? Yeah, you know there are some believe that there is Brady is not going anywhere except either L.A. or New York. He's not going to a market with his model wife and his business. He's not going any place other than the two media capitals. It's either L.A. or it is uh, or it is going to be New York. And if it's New York, it ain't going to be the Jets, guys. I'm just saying. Um, but it does make sense. If I'm Tom Brady, am I really going to Carolina? Mm. No. I've talked about this for a while, Joe. We still, after the Super Bowl haze next week, we should dedicate like an hour almost to this. Mm -hmm. Going with all the players, you know, the Brissettes, the Tannehills, the Jameises of the world, right? Do we see them staying or going, backup or starter? Because that then creates the empty seats for the game of musical chairs, right? And then those teams, do they try to fill it with a Phillip Rivers? Or do they try to fill it? With a Justin Herbert, right? And that's, that's a correct. very interesting question. Different different flavors, Baskin-Robbins kind of thing. When we get into that, Joe, watch the Detroit Lions. Watch yes. the Detroit Lions at the third spot, okay? Because mm-hmm. I think they're going to take another college try with Matty Stafford as their quarterback, whether I right. agree with it or not, right? That's going to be a spot where they might be excited to trade down, and a team might be happy to use that spot to hop over Miami to get the quarterback. Matt Patricia and his crew, guys, were very um, present at the Senior Bowl, shall we say, all week. Yeah. The Chargers, the Panthers, trade with them. Yep. A lot of of, of avenues to go. Make it rain plays next. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
All right, guys. We've got 16 games in uh, in college hoops here. Uh, 16 in the NBA. Hold on. Get back. Second half of the season as the All-Star game was on uh, Saturday night. And uh, it is uh, back to the uh, back to the hardwood here. And I know all eyes are going to be on uh, what happens uh, tomorrow night with the Lakers. And it's uh, no word just yet on uh, what they uh, what they plan on doing. I know the uh, is it the Clippers and the Lakers uh, are the next. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the next game. Here at Staples yeah. Center. So it's uh, it's certainly going to be an emotional week as more and more information uh, comes out here in the NBA. It's uh it's just going to continue to get uh, harder before it gets better, unfortunately. Uh, but again, there's um, plenty going on here this week. Super Bowl happening here. Also a very crucial time in college basketball. I had mentioned your cues, the yeah. game of the year tomorrow for the men against Clemson. And I'll tell you why. Because if they win Clemson, if they beat Clemson tomorrow, then their next game is Saturday against Duke in the Carrier Dome. And Duke is not Duke, guys. And uh, everybody that Syracuse lost to in the beginning of January, they just beat them the last 10 days. Everybody, including Virginia, including Boston, everybody they lost to, this team is getting better and better. Now, if they don't look ahead past Clemson and win that game tomorrow, Dane, then really we're talking about the difference between being a middle-of-the-road seed in in March or – you know, NIT. So it's going to be a huge week for Syracuse basketball, and it starts tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. All still out in front of them. Absolutely, Joe. And then when you talk about it, the idea of Duke coming into them gives us that trend that we've been talking about, right? Good team on the road in conference. And Joe, we see that tonight. The good old Kansas Jayhawks are back in action, Joe. After the suspensions and all that stuff, Joe, they are on the road and seven and a half point favorites at OK State. Are they going to be able to get up for it, rally around, players only meeting, and uh, show themselves well tonight? Uh, the problem with them now, and, and you saw it against the Kansas State uh, game there earlier in the weekend, they lost all their depth with those suspensions. Yeah. Because so, of the steel chair. <laughs> on the road at Henry Iba, it's not an easy place to play. Lay in seven and a half? I'll take the points. Don't fire out my mind. I'll go with OK State. I got no problem with that. Get the points, baby. Make it great. Morning after next day, and I'll be back right now. 